It's another beautiful day in Toronto. This is Between the Lines, here to recap the week in sports. I'm your host, Amar Pingalia, and with me today is my guest, Eric. All right, let's get straight into it. So, first of all, Steph Curry signs a $201 million deal over five years with Golden State. How do you feel about that? I think he's worth a lot more. If you uh, read the, uh, the blog by uh, Ben Falk, the cleaning the glass one, he makes a great argument saying that he's worth closer to 50 or 60. I agree with that. Per year. Yeah, yeah, and you hear what LeBron said too. He's like, the Warriors are worth four point two billion or something like that, something crazy, and that's all the increase in value that all happened in the past few years, and it's because Steph Curry so should get a huge piece of that. Two chips in three years, yeah, pretty damn good. And I mean, being in Silicon Valley and everything, uh, I mean that area is growing like crazy. So having the Warriors have a presence there, I think, really impacts the amount of impact he's having. Um, another thing I just wanted to mention was it's funny that he took that that much money because. I mean, I thought he was always a proponent of keeping that core together and keeping them together. So to do that, he would have had to take a pay cut in order to keep Clay, because Clay's a free agent in two years, I think. So I'm surprised he took all the money he could get. He, he was underpaid for the last two years, ankle issues, and take your money, man. That's true, that's <laughs> true. All right, next up, we got Hayward to the Celtics. What do you think of that? Doesn't make them a contender at all. I think they're still... They're... They're well behind the Warriors in any way, and I don't even think they get past the Cavs this year. Yeah, Barring injury. Yeah, I mean, as long as LeBron's in the East and the East continues to be as weak as it weak as it is, uh, this does nothing. It'll maybe make the Celtics a little bit more competitive, but like they're losing six instead of five. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, so they lost Avery Bradley, which I think, I mean, Hayward's not going to defend for you, so they lost their main defender. I don't know how this impacts them going forward. Still might finish first in the East. Ultimately, it doesn't mean that much. Yeah. I mean, uh, the coach there, Brad Stevens, he's got a good defensive system, so I think that'll help. But in the end, um, just not enough firepower. And the thing about Avery Bradley was he could actually shut down Kyrie. Like, he did it in two, three games in the series. But uh, now they lost their main defender, and I just feel like Kyrie, LeBron, they'll just have an easier task. Or it'll be easier for them just to go against the Celtics. I think this team's kind of setting up for the next two to three years out there, two years away. Just waiting for LeBron to retire. Waiting for LeBron to, yeah. uh, to move on. <laughs> when you think about it from a management perspective, like why go all in for the next two, three years when after two, three years, you could have like the next five to seven years? 100% agree. Right? Um, I don't know if this is big or not, but J.J. Redick to Philly? I don't <laughs> care that much about this story. Um, I think it'd be good, a good presence to have in the locker room. Uh, good for trusting the process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. JJ Riggs, uh, he's a Duke kid, right? So he's smart, so he could really help uh, everybody else there kind of learn, like, trust the process and learn the process yeah. of what it takes to become a successful successful player. I'm definitely more excited to see Ben Simmons play this year oh, yeah. than anything else for that yeah. team. And I feel like there's this, I mean, we had the three-point, everyone's trying to get a, to become three-point shooters, but with Ben Simmons, his pass first. Uh, Lonzo Ball's pass first. I feel like this might be... A new trend coming up, maybe? have yeah. a uh, Go back to the traditional point guard, have a pass-first point guard. No, I agree. And people compare Lonzo Ball to Magic Johnson, but Ben Simmons is way more Magic Johnson than Lonzo Ball is. In terms of size, for sure. Size, yeah, for sure. Uh, Kyle Lowry deciding to stay in Toronto? I read his uh, Players' Tribune, his article. It was 
pretty good. Like Toronto's his home. Yeah. Him and Drozen are best friends. There's no real reason to leave. Yeah. And especially when you're a six foot point guard, you're coming into your thirties. Yeah. Take take the most money you can. Take the money. Take the stability. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I read that thing too, and it, like his kids had a huge impact. And yeah, I think it's one of those things where Toronto's just home, and you don't want to leave home. And I mean, if he goes out west, he's just gonna get killed. With Toronto, I mean, you're still going to be locked. You're probably locked into the third or fourth seed every year for the next three, four years. So, yeah, you can say you're competitive. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one of those that might not be a big deal: Millsap to Denver. I know it does nothing for Denver, nothing for the Western Conference, but just what's your overall take on that? Just same thing you just said. Nothing for Denver. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot there right now. I don't really know what their plan is. I mean, they might get the eighth seed, maybe. It'll be interesting, but. There's, there's a chance to get the 8 seed. Yeah. And uh, this wasn't on the list of the headlines, but uh, Rondo to the Pelicans. Do you think that makes them a playoff team? I think that's interesting. I think that's more interesting than anything else. Because him and Boogie played together when they were in SAC. Yeah. So getting that back and then having AD as an option too. I think Rondo's smart. And I think him and Boogie play well together. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how those... Those personalities mix. Yeah, and even in Sacramento, they were—they're both really stubborn, but they're—it's weird. Like usually, you don't think two stubborn people can work well together, but Rondo and Boogie—they work well together, and it's because I guess they find that they're both stubborn, so they have something in common. Um, but I still think AD is the first option there, and Demarcus hundred percent. And Rondo should just feed him. If if Rondo becomes playoff Rondo, I feel like the Pelicans can make the eighth or seventh seed for sure. Yeah, that's an interesting story. Yeah. Um, they also signed uh, Drew Holiday, too, so they got, they got defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have him back. Um, KD's pay cut. This is huge. Yeah. So... He basically did what Steph Curry said he would do, take a pay cut to keep the court together. Yeah. So you have KD actually buying in. It looked like he enjoyed playing ball last year. Mm-hmm. Taking less money to do that. He'll probably offset that in other areas. Yeah. Investing Silicon Valley exposure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, huge, huge for that team though. Huge for the team because I mean, going forward, I'm assuming the salary cap will probably keep going up for the next few years with the TV deal. So uh, this might be able to help them keep Clay or keep Dre or one of them because I don't think they can keep all four going forward. You only need three of them. Yeah. LeBron gets older, you could still be good for the next four to five years. Mm-hmm. Still make a runner every year. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like the words are pretty good at just bringing in players and having them. Uh, just fill out fill out roles. Their bench players and their role players are extremely strong. And they got they got Livingston and Iggy back too. Iggy was close to going to Houston, which would have been big too. Um, so we'll move on to the next topic. In the headlines, we have Kings, Sacramento Kings. Their draft. So they got De'Aaron Fox and Justin Jackson, the kid from North Carolina, uh, who won a national championship. The free agent signings, which I really like: George Hill, Vince Carter, and Zach Randolph. So. Now that DeMarcus is out, everything, all that drama with the coaches and with the front office is gone, do you think this is enough for complete culture change? I mean, we obviously know Sacramento is not going to be competitive next year, but do you think, I mean, a culture change is always a start. So do you think this is enough for a culture change to get Sacramento to at least be projected on the right path? For sure. I think Vince Carter and Randolph make the big difference here. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting tone, setting culture. Hard-nosed players, been there for a long time. Yeah. Going to be great for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I feel like George Hill, who's a good, very good two-way point guard, will be good for De'Aaron Fox, so he, Fox doesn't just focus on uh, kind of racing down the court at 100 miles an hour trying to get another layup before the defense gets back. 
Fox is super fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get into that when we talk about the Summer League. Um, the James Harden extension. Now, this is crazy good money. Four years. So the extension was four years, $169 million, but it gives them a total of $228 million over six years. I mean, Houston's all in on James Harden. As they should be. Yeah. He played amazing last year. He deserves the money. And he brought them wins. So with Chris Paul there, I'm not really sure how that's going to play out, but Harden deserved to get paid there. Yeah, and the thing is, we know in the NBA, and even in sports in general, if you lose your big star, like in the NFL, if you lose your quarterback, it doesn't matter how good the rest of the pieces are, you're done. You need a good quarterback. So just like in the NBA, you need a star to win. There's, it's very hard. Even like Boston was irrelevant until Isaiah Thomas emerged to become a star. So I feel like you got to take care of your stars. I mean, he's, sure. the, one, he's the one that's going to get you the wins, right? For sure. Well, even now you need three to be actually yeah. competitive. Now, maybe but. even four now. You, you need that one star for sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, smart move by the Rockets. Um, they also made another big move, and we'll talk talk about that a little bit later. Um, speaking about the Rockets, uh, Mellow. Uh, apparently, the Mellow to the Rockets was almost a done deal. They they said it was at the two-yard line um, before the Knicks hired a new GM, who I think was that uh, he was part of the Sacramento Kings front office. Um, so they hired this new GM, and he put the brakes on everything. He's going to try to convince Mellow to stay in New York. What do you think about that? I think Melo needs out. I think there's too much damage done there before. I don't know if the Rockets are the right place for him. I personally like him to the Cavs. I think it's better for basketball. Yeah. But also, I was reading about a four-team deal that was going to potentially happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ryan Anderson put the brakes on that. Because Ryan Anderson, I don't know if you know this, but he has a he, he has sixty million dollars coming to him for the next over the next I think three or four years. Holy shit! So he's <laughs> he's got a lot of money, and that's the contract that people don't want to take on. Because I mean, shout out to his agent, got him that money, but he's I don't think he's worth sixty million over like the next three years. And that, that, that's the contract that people don't want to take on. So makes sense. Obviously, Houston needs to unload that in case uh, in order to pay Melo. I personally don't think anything happens there. I think your best bet is to go possibly a one for one for Melo and Love. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Does that really make Cleveland that much better, though? It doesn't make them that much better. But it's interesting. It, it gets more viewers. Yeah. It's more about tenure seats. I feel like Cleveland would need to keep their big three and add Melo in order to go up against the Warriors again. Yeah, but I don't see a logistic a way of that logistically happening. No. So Unless uh, they want to go over the cap again and pay a lot of luxury tax. They definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> they've already been doing that for like the last... Ever since LeBron's got there, pretty much. I think they've been uh, paying luxury tax, so... Uh, and lastly, uh, NBA rule changes. Each team only gets two timeouts in the final three minutes. There was a whole bunch of other things that changed, but I feel like this was the biggest thing. Uh, big deal or no deal? What do you think? I think it's a big deal. Um, this puts a huge amount. Well, it makes it more important that you have a good floor general and point guard. Coach can't call these timeouts anymore. You look, well, you basically lose one, so having a good point guard is huge. Yeah, I feel that for sure, like a point guard. And it probably goes back to the... Maybe having a high IQ point guard instead of just crazy athletic guys, because uh, obviously crunch time you're not you're gonna be really limited to timeouts. But I just think as a viewer, like sometimes all those timeouts, and I mean we've played basketball, so we understand how important it is to you know just kind of have an idea of what you should do. But as a viewer, in terms of entertainment, like all those commercial breaks at the end of games and drags it on. I mean I just want to get to the action, right? So I feel like this is the right move for the NBA too. Uh, 
just in terms of entertainment wise, you know, keep the fans in it right till the for end sure. of the game. For sure. Same yeah. kind of thing they're doing with baseball, trying to speed up the game. Yeah, yeah. Especially at the end there. Yeah, and I feel like the baseball is trying to cater towards millennials. NBA kind of I feel like already has that down. They have, mm-hmm. they have a good social media presence and everything. But I mean at the end of the day the product has to be good and that's what they're trying to focus on. So Yeah, everything's coming quicker. That's good. Okay, so we're just gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll get into our debate, uh, talk about some more big topics that we didn't touch on into the headline section. All right, welcome back to Between the Lines, the sports podcast. Now we're going to get into our debate section of the of the show. So first off, this was a big... This happened actually before free agency even started, but it was probably still one of the biggest topics of free agency. Chris Paul to Houston. My question is, are they a serious contender now, and would adding Melo help? For sure. I think they are a contender to get out of the West. If you can get... I'm not hoping for this, but saying if someone in... On Golden State goes down with injury. Mm-hmm. I think they are a serious contender. Who else do you have there? You have Golden State, which obviously clear favorites. Yeah. Then you have Houston, you have San Antonio, and then you have OKC. Yeah. So I think they have a, a great shot at getting out of the West. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you know what? I'm going to take the other side of this. I think you got Chris Paul, who's ball dominant. He's always been ball dominant. You got James Harden. I don't even like. I don't even know if Chris Paul and James Harden will work. James Harden finally had his breakout season um, for a superstar. Uh, as point guard in D'Antoni's system, you know, the like every shot needs or seven seconds for a shot. Um, and then you add Melo, and Melo's a ball dominant guy. And I mean, he's good with the post up and everything. So you got people in different positions, but they're all ball dominant. Last time I checked, there's still only one basketball. So I have no idea if this will work. Um, I'm going to lean towards it's not going to work. Because if you look at Golden State, Steph Curry's a willing passer. Clay, like, he went from the second guy to maybe the fourth guy on that team or fourth option. KD is a willing passer, and he's been with Westbrook, so he knows how frustrating it is being on the other side of not wanting or not being able to receive a pass. So I feel like they were just willing to work in the mentality they had. It just worked. I don't know if uh, Houston, with the players they have, have that same mentality. That being said, to your point, Melo is old, and he knows how important it is to win a, win a championship. So maybe they would make willing to make it work, but... I don't know. I think in that D'Antoni offense, I think the ball moves so fast and you get up shots so quickly, the ball doesn't really stick. That's true. So if you can get Chris Paul pushing the pace, James Harden pushing the pace, them putting up shots, feeding each other, I think it works out well. Yeah, I mean, interesting though. Yeah, I mean, they could each end up getting the amount of shots that they normally would get on their teams just because D'Antoni's system is so fast. And I mean, what a treat for D'Antoni. He's got three people to play with. That in the sure. system for sure that's gonna be really good and Melo's been putting in work yeah no, the hoodie um so next topic Jimmy Butler Jeff Teague Todd Gibson and Jamal Crawford all the Minnesota does this big Minnesota playoff team or even a threat can they win the west in three years yes a playoff team not a threat and I don't think they're gonna win in three years I think they're they're about four to five years away from winning the west and then you also have to wait for KD, Steph, Clay, and Draymond to mm-hmm. age. So until they get into their mid-30s, the Timberwolves aren't looking at anything serious. And by then, you have Jimmy Butler, who's aging as well. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the opposite end of this. Playoff team, 100% for sure. A threat to the Warriors. I honestly think, especially within the next three years, Minnesota would be a better threat than Houston would be. The only thing, like, Carl Anthony Towns is a beast, and we both know that. He can score, he can do it all. Todd mm-hmm. Gibson helps kind of relieve some pressure 
on the defensive end, so Carl Towns doesn't have to work as hard on the defensive end. Jeff Teague's good floor general. He's not going to take shots away from Butler, Carl uh, Towns, and Andrew Wiggins. Jamal Crawford, obviously, he's a three-time six-man of, uh, of the year. The only thing is Andrew Wiggins needs to develop a shot. I mean, he's crazy athletic. He can defend like crazy. you got Jimmy Butler who can defend like crazy as well. But if, if once Andrew Wiggins, I think he has a good mid-range game, but if he develops a three-pointer, I think they can challenge Golden State for sure. I mean, you got Wiggins is long, lanky. He can defend. Jimmy Butler can defend. Um, I know the Warriors play really good team defense, so that might have an impact on Minnesota trying to score because I think Golden State would have the edge offensively, but I would give the edge defensively to Minnesota. No, I agree with you there, but I think this team is going to live and die by the development of Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. I think the other pieces we kind of know, and he's going to be the big factor. Yeah. It's crazy, because Wiggins was drafted, I think, two years before Cat, but I feel like Cat's already come along uh, further than Wiggins has, just in a year. It's just more natural for him. Yeah. That's true. Um, This was a big shocker, too. Paul George to the Thunder. What will it take for him to stay in OKC? And will he be a Laker this time next year? Okay, I think this was the dumbest trade ever. Yeah. You get nothing in return for him just because you didn't want him in the East anymore. I I like the fact that he is playing with Russ now. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they play with each other, who's on the ball more, who's off the ball, the, the dynamic there. If they win games and they go far in playoffs, he's going to stay. Yeah, how, how, how far is far in the playoffs? If they win the second round. I think he stays. So, like, if they make it to the conference finals? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as long as they don't get that fourth seed and have to play Golden State, I think they could probably... I mean, yeah, if they go up against Houston or San Antonio, I think they could probably... They could give them a, give them a, a fight, a, yeah. A series, at least. For sure. Um, I say Paul George does not stay in OKC. I feel like Westbrook, coming off the year that he had, he's going to continue... He's one, he's one, he wants to shatter records. He wants to continue to dominate. So, I think he's going to kind of command the ball, and Paul George doesn't really want to play second fiddle, I don't think. Um, yeah. yeah, he wants to win, but I think he wants to be the guy. And it's hard, I mean, he was the guy in Indiana, but it's Indiana, so it's hard to be on a national scale. So I think this time next year, he is a Laker, for sure. He's going to see what Lonzo Ball is doing, and he's going to see how Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka are running the organization. And he's going to be the guy that turns it around for the Lakers, and I think he's an L.A. kid, so that's going to be too much for him to turn down. That's where I see him going. I think it's interesting. I just, I don't think he goes. If he goes, he's coming on, what, 29, almost 30 now? Yeah. So he goes, and that team is super young. They're five, six years away from being able to go deep anywhere. True, yeah. Uh, that's the thing, so, right? The Lakers need to... They need to build a lot more around more, him. Yeah. And having Paul George on the team could entice some free agents to come in. So, I mean, there's always that. And Clay is a free agent in two years. Paul George and Clay Thompson could team up in LA. Yeah, LeBron was watching their, yeah. their summer league games. Le- LeBron, Clay Thompson, and Paul George. That's a pretty good big three. That's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, with Paul George, I think he will leave the Thunder. Whether it's going to the Lakers or not, that's a different story. But I don't think he's, I mean, OKC, you can't fall in love with Oklahoma. So I, he's out. If you, if you didn't fall in love with Indiana, he's not falling in love with Oklahoma. No, that's true. I can see Paul George being a, a big city guy. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't go to the Lakers, if he wants to win right away, he might go to Boston, maybe, if, he's, if Boston has a good year and it looks like they're just missing him. Um, apparently, Portland's trying to make aggressive moves, so I don't know. We'll see where he ends up, but I don't see him staying in OKC. No, I agree with you there. 
And uh, lastly, the Knicks now have a new general manager. As I mentioned before, I think it was some, I forgot the name now, but uh, some guy from the Sacramento Kings front office. And I mean, people really like him. So it looks like this might be an upgrade from Phil Jackson. Um, but he wants to keep Melo. So the question is, what direction should they go? Try to compete or do a complete rebuild? I'm pretty torn here, but I, I think for the sake of fans, you keep Mello. Um, that's what puts butts in the seats. That's what gets you TV deals. Yeah. Mello's a big name. Playing with Porzingis is interesting. But you get rid of Mello, you become a 30-win team, and you don't make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah Porzingis alone will probably get you about 30 wins. Um, but because of that, I think, you know what, you just go with the rebuild. You rebuild around Porzingis. Let Mello go... Um, I mean, the, the Knicks, kind of like the Kings, when they got rid of DeMarcus, they just need a culture change. You know, to go with Porzingis, see what happens, get a good draft pick. Uh, I mean, you never know which draft pick is going to be the big one, so it, they don't have to get the first overall pick, because I think it's going to be hard to tank with the team they have right now, just minus Melo. Um, so even if they get, like, the fifth pick, I mean, that could be a start. So, I mean, Devin Brooker was, like, the seventh pick, right? So um, I just go completely rebuild. Like, get a culture change in that in the organization and just let go of Melo like stop holding on to the past I, I get rid of Derek Rose before I get rid of Melo oh yeah I for, keep forgetting they have Rose and Noah still they gotta get rid of those contracts yeah those contracts are terrible and I don't think there is any room to rebuild with, with all that on the books right now yeah getting rid of Melo doesn't change too much for you yeah yeah you'd want to build around Przingis but you're better off just keeping Melo until his contract's done and then Building around Persingas from there on out. Yeah, so if I'm the Knicks GM, you know, get rid of Rose, get rid of Noah, uh, get rid of Melo, keep Persingas. And they signed uh, Hardaway Jr. to that ridiculous deal. He's getting paid like $70 million over three years or something. Yeah, I'm not I really mean, sure what's going on there. Yeah, I've, I have no idea what they're doing. So it might be hard to rebuild when your money's tied up in Hardaway Jr. But uh, yeah, get rid of those three guys and just go complete. Complete rebuild. If everything goes towards, like, if everything goes according to plan and this is run perfectly, they're five years away from rebuilding properly. From rebuilding? From rebuilding properly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, as long as you have mellow, you can't really rebuild. No. Yeah. Um, all right, we're just going to take a quick another break, and then we'll come back and talk about the Summer League, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit about the SBs, and we're just going to give out our shoutouts. So we'll be right back. And welcome back to Between the Lines Sports Podcast. Uh, we're just going to finish it off here. We're going to talk about the Summer League for sure. Uh, so, like, the guy that's dominated Summer League in terms of the talk, Lonzo Ball. Impressive or nah? Nah, not at all. What? I think his numbers are impressive offensively, but I was watching a little bit of his game tape yesterday. The guy doesn't play defense. Coming out on screens is brutal. He's a huge defensive liability. And maybe that comes with age. Mm-hmm. He is only, what, 19, 190 pounds. Yeah. So maybe that comes with age, comes with size, but he's, his feet aren't there. See, I think, I, think, I think you're wrong there. I think he's deceptively good at defense. He's not good at on the ball, which is weird, but like he's good at, as a team defender. So like when he leaves his guy and roams, like he knows, because he's, he's such high basketball IQ, he knows what the play is going to be and where it's going to go. That he just gets into the passing lanes and he steals. The only thing is he, le- he ends up leaving his guy open or leaves his guy and he roams. I don't think he's not a good on-the-ball defender. People can cross him and get past him. Um, but, like, it's weird with him. He's, like, he's good at defense, but he's not good at defense. 
Well, okay, this is playing against other summer league talent. Yeah. You put him up against Russ, he's just going to get eaten. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with that one-on-one. And like the NBA is all pick and roll, right? So you, if you're not a good on-the-ball defender... Which he's not. His yeah. feet don't move, and when he slides, his stance is too wide. Yeah. Do you think But that's something you can learn? Yeah, it's something you can learn. Yeah. Um, but how much do you want it? Yeah. So if you're playing half the game, yeah, you look impressive offensively, but you're only playing half the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's we'll, we'll see how he develops, especially on the defensive end, but his, his thing has always been passing, right? Like, he's, he's past first point guard, and I can already see it. Like, he had none of these Lakers, uh, their summer league, that are actually playing on the on the NBA team, I guess, other than Brendan Ingram. But, uh, like, everyone's willing to pass on that team. I don't know if that's just because of Lonzo or just because of the people they drafted. But, like, he, Lonzo could do that culture change thing with the Lakers where they want to make that extra pass. They want to... I don't know. I just feel like they're a different team compared to the ones with uh, D'Angelo Russell. No, for sure. I agree with that. Pass first changes the mentality and the whole construction and culture of the team. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a defensive liability yeah um he's also he's racked at what two triple doubles now and there's never been a triple double recorded in the summer league so he's got two um you dropped what 36 points one night a lot of it was in garbage time though because they were down and they're like okay whatever do whatever and just ended up catching up um they've actually come back to win in i think two of their last three games which could be a good sign resiliency um but yeah we'll see how it goes and another thing is, like, I don't know how much you want to keep playing in the summer league with them. In- injury. I mean, they took Brandon Ingram out. They don't want to in- risk any injury with him. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you keep playing Lon- Lonzo? Let him develop? No, no. I let him rest. I uh, let him hit the weight room. I let him practice with the, the other guys on the team. Yeah. But I don't keep running him through summer league. Yeah. I mean, we can see... I mean, it's just summer league again, but it's, we can see he's not a bust. He's, not, sure. he's not a complete bust. For like sure. that first game kind of got people kind of scared, but he's yeah. not a complete bust. No. Yeah. Um, Lonzo, he also sat out against De'Aaron Fox. And I remember, so I'm a big Kentucky fan, and De'Aaron Fox ate Lonzo up in the NCAA tournament. 30, dropped 39 on him, killed him on defense, killed him like on every aspect of the game. Do you think this is a mental thing where the Lakers are like, you know what, let's not kill his confidence. Let's, let's just sit him out. Um, they said he had a groin injury. I don't know if, how severe that was because he was playing the next game but uh what do you think is this a more of a mental thing for the lakers or was it just because of the injury and they don't want to risk anything i don't know i think this is more of a just being safe on the lakers part Mm -hmm. you know that's going to be a good matchup and they'll play each other for the next 15 years yeah so but for now you don't need to play them in the summer league game yeah yeah i'm with you on that i mean even a minor injury, you don't want it to become anything that lingers on. And I feel like groin injuries are ones that linger on for a while. So, I mean, any sign of any injury, you just sit about. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, Sacramento, L.A., they're in the same conference. So, Lonzo, or Lonzo will play them a lot. They'll see each other again, for sure. Um, do you have any standouts in the Summer League? This might be kind of dumb to say but uh actually Brandon Ingram looked so much stronger on the ball than he did last year mm-hmm. he only played in I think one or two games but yeah, yeah but the way he was attacking the rim the way he was able to take contact absorb finish through that huge improvement from last year it's funny he's uh he looks stronger but he hasn't really doesn't look any bigger yeah yeah, yeah. but I feel like with him it's gonna be that Giannis Antetokounmpo because he was like that for the first two three years and then boom all of a sudden 
I remember he's huge. You sent me, you sent me that picture. He was fucking jacked all of a sudden. So I mean, it could be the fact that he, I think he's still nineteen. He returns twenty this year. Yeah. So there could be that, but apparently he's on like a five thousand calorie a day diet already, and Lakers are. I mean, he's stronger for sure. You can see it. Yeah. Um, when that size will come in, it'll be later. He might just be like Durant. Like, could just be wiry. Yeah. Like a Durant for sure. Um, so this question is, should the summer league be a bigger spectacle? So I'm just going to, I'm just going to drop a fact on you right now. The summer league this, this year is getting the same number of ratings as the NBA regular season did. This is the summer league. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But at the same time, that shouldn't be the case. This shouldn't be the case, right? (laughs) This is the summer league. I mean, there's one guy on every team that everyone like that's your draft pick that knows and the rest are they're not going to make the team they might not even make the G League anymore yeah so uh, yeah I think it should be a bigger spectacle Um, like I feel like the NBA is the only sport that's almost year round so you got it starts in October ends in June then you have free agency so you dominate July and it's just August and September and that's when the NFL kind of kicks off because NFL free agency usually isn't that big of a deal so, but I feel like the summer league could be a great way to dominate July, and then I mean you would just have, uh, well, you guess you have free agency as well. But like it's just a more way to dominate the airways for sure all the time. It's just good exposure for basketball. Yeah, and like going into training camp in August and September, like everyone's gonna be talking about Lonzo Ball and everyone's mm-hmm. gonna be talking about Dennis Smith Jr. and all these guys that perform really well in uh, the summer league. I feel like the NBA should pump it up more. Um, like right now they're doing it, they're doing it at the UNLV campus. Um, I don't know if you want to put it in an actual stadium. Um, I don't think they'll, they'll be able to sell out an actual stadium, but the thing with all these guys that are getting drafted now, they're coming in, they already have huge social media followings because of social media, because of Instagram and all that stuff. So, I mean, people knew about Lonzo Ball, obviously the one year at college helps too, but people know about these guys way before they get drafted. So they kind of already have a huge following. So I feel like the NBA should focus on this and, Kind of just help dominate so they're year-round. No, I agree with you there. But then also thinking about in terms of the stat you just dropped there, I think the last NBA regular season was just kind of a write-off. Mm-hmm. People were just waiting to get through that. Yeah, I know I was. We all knew what the finals were going to be. Yeah. And regular season was just a formality. So it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it shouldn't be like that. If you're the NBA, are you worried? Is this a worrying stat, or is this a or is this a good stat for you? I think it's an anomaly. Yeah, uh, I think it's good for the summer league, but mm-hmm. I think that regular season was an anomaly. Mm-hmm. I think we'll. See, I don't think it happens like that over the next few years, where two teams are just so dominant. I think mm-hmm. you get more balance. I think it also helped. Like, as much as we can debate if Lonzo Ball is going to be a good player or not, like he attracts a lot of media. Yeah. I don't know how much of that is Lavar and how much of that is actually Lonzo's game, but. I mean, you, you saw all, this, all the Laker fans filled up the UNLV stadium and they yeah. just wanted to watch Alonzo. He, he, even, like, every pass he makes, the crowd cheers. When was the last time you thought about someone... I mean, Steph Curry changed the game where he made a three and the crowd cheered. Because be, yeah. before it used to be just dunks and alley-oops. And Steph Curry nails a three and now they got the whole Splash Bros going and everything. And, like, could Alonzo do this for the pass? For crazy good passes? I think it's been done before. I think he's just bringing it back. Bringing it back, yeah. That's true. Um, so the SBs were also last week. Um, shout out to Peyton Manning. He did a really good job as a host. Usually they get in some like late night host or some comedian to come in and do it. Um, I think that John Cena did it last year. 
Um, but like Peyton killed it, and I mean I love his play on with uh, joking around with. He's super old now, and he retired, though he's only 40 years old. And uh, the whole trying to get back at Tom Brady and how Tom Brady was better than him. Um, but yeah, what did you think about Peyton's joke about KD, that if uh, the, the U.S. gymnastics team is so good that KD wants to join them next year? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And uh, I'm a very visual person, so I pictured KD on the gymnastics team. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And then you also kind of burned him saying, uh, like, KD probably wouldn't even start for that team. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like KD was in on it just because he kept that straight face, like he yeah. was pissed off. But you could see at the end of it, he almost like let out a smile there. So I feel like he was in on it for sure. No, yeah, if you're Peyton Manning, you run that by KD and Russ before you do it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. absolutely hilarious. Uh, speaking of KD and Russ, apparently they're friends again now. They're not frenemies or enemies anymore. Uh, big deal. What do you think about that? Time heals all wounds. Yeah. I feel like... Westbrook understands the NBA, he understands the business, and KD made a business decision and he wanted to go in. Um, I feel like Westbrook, I mean, he's still constantly in talk. He said he wants to resign in OKC, but I mean, until, until the pen hits the paper, I mean, he could be free to next year as well, so uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're friends again. I mean, yeah, like you said, time heals, time heals all wounds. Um, okay, time for our shout-outs. So... One of my shout-outs is, I don't know if, if any of you guys have seen this, it's Dennis Smith Jr., uh, first-round draft pick from North Carolina State, uh, drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. And he had a missed dunk against Sacramento in a summer league game. I was going to play the audio from it, but, I mean, if he made this, it would have been dunk of the year, I think, and it's just a summer league. Like, it would have been dunk of the year, like including the NBA. I, I agree with that. That was nasty. Okay, I'm just going to play the audio for it. So for people that don't know Dennis Smith Jr., this kid is incredibly athletic. I mean, I don't know how tall he is, but he's, all I know is a 48-inch 48 verti- vertical. So I don't care how tall you are. You're, you can get up with a 48-inch vertical. Um, yeah, what would you think about that missed dunk? It was unreal. Yeah. I think it's going to be extremely exciting to watch him throughout the year, mm-hmm. especially because the Mavs don't have a whole lot of options. I think going to him quite often is going to be really interesting. Yeah, you hear what Mark Cuban said, right? Like, Dallas is only rebuilding because they're in the West. He's like, if we were in the East, we would look to compete. So they got Yogi Ferrell last year, who's kind of a breakout. Mm-hmm. And now with Dennis Smith, and that's a good one-two punch. Um, this, this kid is crazy athletic, though. Um, and, like, you know it's a, it's a good missed dunk or it's a good attempt because no one ever talks about a missed dunk. That's so true. <laughs> when, when someone breaks up a missed dunk, it's one of those, like, holy shit, like, wow, if he made that, that would have been nuts. Um, uh, my second shout-out is to Jarius Robertson, who received the Jimmy V Perseverance Award uh, at the ESPYs. For those that don't know, uh, I don't know too much about his situation either, to be honest, but uh, all I know is uh, he had a problem with his liver, and he's been looking for uh, a transplant for a really long time, and he finally got one, and the surgery was a success, and I mean, they're just monitoring him now, but he looks like he'll make a full recovery. Um, and he's, he got picked up by like the Saints, New Orleans Saints. So he's kind of been the, the Saints hype man and like works with the media team. And this guy is like, he's a savage. Like he just pokes fun at the coaches, pokes fun at the team. And he just jokes, he's just really well with his jokes uh, among everybody. He's also been an NBA all-star. I think he was on a couple episodes at WWE. So shout out to Jerry. I hope everything continues to go well for him. 
And yeah, those are my shout-outs. Do you got any shout-outs? No, that, I think that's the perfect place to end right there. Yeah. Shout-out Jarius. Shout-out Jarius. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Between the Lines. We will be back next week with the reactions on whatever ends up happening in the world of sports. Have a great week, everybody.